Hi there, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 26th December 2018 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Well, many of you will have enjoyed a family Christmas yesterday, and from all of us in Hong Kong, we hope you have a happy day and a happy Christmas season. And for those of you who don't celebrate Christmas, we hope you have a wonderful week too. Hong Kong is such a mixture of cultures and traditions that we have room for every kind of celebration in this city. Every culture has a celebration that brings families together. But what do you do if you don't have any family? There's so many different ways that we keep those we love close. And today, as we wake up to another new day, we'll be listening to Sheridan's story about how she keeps her family nearby. But first, we'd like to say a huge holiday spice-flavored thank you to our loyal listeners in Hong Kong. Thanks for sticking with us. Spicy hellos go out, too, to our listeners in the rest of the world from the 50 countries that have let our podcasts into your ears, including listeners in Ihabela, Brazil, Copenhagen in Denmark, and Lewis in Delaware in the United States. We have much much more coming up for you in 2019. If you like stories and who doesn't, you're warmly welcome to come to any of our free weekly workshops in Hong Kong in the coming year. To find them, go to hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than comedy. It's better than drama. It's real life. And now from the show we did in November 2018, as part of the Hong Kong International Literary Festival, here's Sheridan. Right around this time of year, people start asking that question, you know the question, what are you doing for the holidays? Are you going home? And I usually just say something like, oh, you know, I'll probably just hang around Hong Kong this year, you know, maybe go somewhere a few days, I don't, I don't really know yet. It's a really awkward question for me. And there was this personal trainer at my gym, and she kept saying, why aren't you going home? And I started trotting out the usual excuses, added a few more, you know, it's an expensive time of year to travel, and, you know, it's kind of, a, kind of bad weather in the States this time of year, and, you know, just hanging around Hong Kong. And, you know, she's really insistent, you know, you have to go home, right, to see your parents? And I say, well, you know, I lived in Hong Kong a long time now. It's kind of home in a way. But she is not letting up. She is going to teach me about filial piety. What about your parents? Don't you miss your parents? I think, okay. Um, you know, the fact is, I would give just about anything to see my parents again. And I decide to end this conversation. My parents are dead, Okay. That shuts her right up. And what I didn't say then is that essentially everybody, really, I mean, I have a few cousins, a couple uncles, but all the people, really, family, family, that you go home and spend the holidays with, the only one left is me. Yeah, it's kind of sad, I know, but in some ways, it's kind of freeing. And what I've come to realize is that when people die, they leave things behind. And through those things, we can take the power of grief and transform it 
into something more. We can carry the people that we loved with us. So see, I wear this opal ring. This was my father's mother, Maria, from Italy. And she was an amazing cook. And when I was a kid, we would spend Christmas at their house in New England. If we were lucky, there was snow on the ground. Frank Sinatra would be playing on the stereo. My grandmother would be cooking the whole day roast ham and lasagna and three kinds of pastas and all kinds of side dishes, and I would be at her side learning how. And I swear, if ever I'm wearing any of the rings or necklaces or earrings she left behind for me, the food I cook tastes just a little bit better. I have all kinds of other jewels, too. My mother's mother, I don't really remember her, but based on the evidence left behind in the jewelry box that was ultimately passed down to me, she was unbelievably glamorous. I can picture the strings of pearls at the height of fashion in the 40s and 50s decorating her décolletage as she held a martini glass in one hand and a cigarette holder in the other. On New Year's Eve, it would have been rhinestones. I have them all now. And it only takes a moment to take something of hers out of the jewelry box and put it on and become glamorous, too. See, I didn't get a lot of pretty girly gifts growing up. My father, he was a scientist and an engineer who believed in applying logic and discipline and principles to making the world a better place. So Christmas gifts at my house were like, a chemistry set so we could blow stuff up in the kitchen together, or a telescope so we could go outside together and look at the stars. I had to beg to get my ears pierced like the other girls. But instead of the scientist or engineer that he wanted me to be, I took that disciplined and logical mind that he made sure I developed and turned it to writing. And by the time I reached my early 30s, I had written my first book, and you know what? He was proud of me anyway. So that year, I was visiting him and his new wife in Florida for the holidays. He had just remarried after the death of my mother. And his new wife said, hey, you should buy her like a charm bracelet, one of those Pandora charm things, to commemorate her first book. So we all three went to the mall to brave the Christmas crowds. We went to all those little jewelry stores, didn't find anything. We were just about to give up, and we went to the jewelry counter at Macy's. And my dad said, that necklace, it looks like a book. And it actually did. It had three square-cut sapphires surrounded by diamonds in a rectangle in the shape of a book. It was 800 US dollars. So this is not exactly what my stepmother had in mind when she suggested getting a little charm bracelet kind of thing. But I think my father wanted me to know that even though he had a new love in his life, he still loved me too. And he was proud of me. And it did look like a book. So now, when I want to feel strong and principled and logical, I take that necklace and put it on. I carry my father with me. 
but I carry my mother with me for other occasions. My mom, she was, she was witty and tall and wicked smart. So yeah, I take after my dad. And sometimes on lonely afternoons in Hong Kong, I find fun things for my mom and I to do together. I take out the single pearl drop necklace that she was wearing in her college graduation photo and in the engagement picture to my dad in the newspaper. We like to go get our nails done because it reminds us of the last time we ever saw each other. I was down in Florida again for one of those holiday visits and we decided to get ourselves prettied up for the holidays. We went for manicures. And we had our hands under the nail dryer and we started laughing about something like we always did. And she lifted her hands up and smashed all the polish on the tops of her fingers and manicures had to do it all over again. So then when she put her hands back under the dryer, we started laughing about how mad the manicurist got. She lifted her hands up and smudged her polish all over again. It was so funny. So you see, my mom was the kind of person who, no matter what I wore, it could be a burlap sack, my mother would say, oh, honey, you look beautiful. Because no matter what, my mother always thought I looked beautiful. So now, if, say, I've met a new guy and going out on a date, I put on that single pearl drop necklace. And I wonder, how do I look, Mom? What do you think of this guy? And if I concentrate hard enough, I think I almost can hear her voice. So I wanted to be strong to stand up here this evening and tell the story. So I brought my dad with me. See, despite having a scientific mind, he was also a religious man, because there are some things that science just can't explain. And he believed that when he died, his soul was going to go to heaven and be with my mom again. But it's also right here with me, next to my heart. So is it true? Can we carry the ones we loved around with us? A logical mind would say no. But sometimes it's not about what's true. It's about what you feel. So this year at the holidays, there is a place I can go. I can open my jewelry box and find everybody there all together and have a party. Thanks for listening to this story brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. Special thanks go out this week to Janita, who took care of all the storytellers in the November show, and to Philippa and Jacqueline, who were instrumental in getting us back on stage for the third year in a row at the Literary Festival this year. We appreciate all your work. You can find out more about Hong Kong storytellers, listen to past episodes, and so much more at hongkongstories.com. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone 
has a story to tell. You know, people act like the North Pole and the South Pole are exactly the same, but really, there's a whole world of difference between them.